You're listening to A Little Less of a Hot Mess, off-the-couch combos with a therapist, me, Caitlin Soule. I'm a mom to three kids. I'm an author. I'm a therapist. I'm a business owner, and I'm a little bit of a messy human trying to figure out so many of the same things you are when it comes to life. In this podcast, we'll talk about things like mental health in general. We'll talk about marriage and motherhood and parenting and grief and loss and family relationships and friendships and all the things that are sometimes kind of sticky and hard to talk about. So join me as we work together on how to feel like a little less of a hot mess so we can enjoy more of the good stuff. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of A Little Less of a Hot Mess. I am really excited because today it's not just me in the studio. I got to invite Kylie Hempy, who is an associate marriage and family therapist. She's working on getting her, that means she's working on finalizing her 3,000 clinical hours that she needs to become licensed. Um, Kylie is a team member of mine. I brought her on to uh, my in my group practice at Bay Area Modern Therapy a few months ago. And she specializes in maternal mental health. She's wonderful at what she does, you guys. I mean, I just, I learn so much from her. I'm her supervisor and we sit and get to talk about cases and I give her feedback. But I swear, most of the time when she's talking and telling me about her cases and what she's working on in her own life and clinically, I'm just so impressed and I learn so much. So I asked Kylie to join me for this conversation about female friendship, both as we navigate in our own lives what female friendship looks like for us now that we both, you know, have three kids, we each have three kids and, um, you know, we're in these, uh, you know, we're, we're working parents and trying to navigate what it all looks like in a post pandemic world. So Kylie, um, you'll hear her share things about her own experience, um, with friendship these days and the different seasons she's been in when it comes to how much connection in real life she's wanting and needing. And I'll share that as well. And then we also want to share what we're hearing kind of kind of like as a community and like globally with the women that we're working with um, around some of the struggles that that they're having um, and anxiety frankly that they're having around female friendships and what makes it difficult and then of course we want to give you some takeaways some things that we're working on in our own life and then some things that we hope or some notions we hope that you can start applying to strengthen your relationships and to really spend some time thinking about the role of friendship in your life we talk so much about romantic relationships and partners and marriage and kids right that we don't often but we don't often put as much energy into talking about friendship and friendship is such an important part of the whole picture of our wellness especially um, the truth that we are in this loneliness epidemic when so many of us, you know, we're more connected in many ways than ever, yet we're feeling so disconnected. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to the wonderful Kylie Hempy, and hopefully she'll be back on for many more conversations. Cheers. Okay, so I'm so excited to have Kylie here with me today. I've given you sort of a formal intro to who Kylie is, um, you know, in the beginning of this episode. And so let's just dive right in. Kylie, thanks for thanks for joining me here today. Of course, excited to be here. In our fancy podcast studio, uh, Kylie and I were just laughing because 
you know, before Kylie came to work for, for the practice, um, for Bayer Modern Therapy, she had a podcast, right? Oh yeah. What was it called? It was called the Home Team Podcast. You might be able to dig up the archive somewhere. Okay. I like it. The Home Team Podcast. And, you know, I've had this podcast and it's been, there's been different iterations of it, but never have I, or never has Kylie recorded in an actual like fancy studio. So here we are, our first time. We're feeling very legitimate today. So legit. (laughs) But we want to talk about something that is really near and dear to our hearts, both as humans who are, you know, in our 30s and 40s collectively. I won't say who's in their 40s and who's in their 30s, but you can go ahead and guess. Um, Who are really, you know, who care about female friendship and connection and also as therapists where this topic of relationship and friendship comes up a lot. So we want to have this conversation with you today with each other about the topic of female friendship and just kind of, um, you know, how we're feeling about it, what we're hearing in the therapy room, like what are some of the barriers to it these days? And then maybe kind of give some some takeaways on what we can each do in our own life to try and um, deepen our connections in real life, IRL or whatever the cool kids say um, these days. So Kylie, I want to start with you because you brought you came up with this topic and I loved it. What are you hearing in the therapy room about female friendship these days? Yeah, so I hear a lot of kind of common refrains these days, both in the therapy room and just in my personal life with friends. And I feel like maybe zooming out over the last couple of years, there have been so many transitions that everyone has encountered in the wake of COVID and post-COVID life. And I feel like a lot of people who became parents in the last couple years also moved in some capacity, whether it be a couple minutes away or a couple hours away. And there was just this reshuffling socially Mm -hmm. during that period of time. And I think now that we've kind of come out of the other side of that, we're all feeling the reshuffling. It's like we didn't have maybe friendships change during that time, or it doesn't feel like we have relational equity with people. And we're kind of looking around, especially people who maybe have kids who aren't babies anymore, but have reached elementary age. It's like they're coming out from this dark time or this more challenging time where they had more limited social resources, more limited time to be away from their kids and their families. And they're looking around and they're like, okay, so what do I do now? how do I do this? Yeah. Like, how do I make a friend Mm -hmm. as an adult? Like Mm -hmm. I see these people on the internet at all these parties are doing all these things. I'm like, how do I get invited to that? Because I'm alone here. Yeah. I, I, that makes so much sense. And one thing that you said really resonated with me was when you went in, some of us went into the pandemic, we had obviously younger children and then coming out of it, they're at different ages and stages. So then it's like a whole different sort of um, playing field on on where to meet these like mm-hmm. women and friends. So I think that's a hard thing as well, paired in with something that you know I think is really relevant to a lot of people is they had so much anxiety around getting together in person. It was like such a big no no, and then now all of a sudden we're supposed to just like jump back in and hey let's all get together. And I think we're craving that connection, yet we're still a little bit hesitant and scared. Do you feel that? Oh yeah, I think people want the 10th time that they've mm-hmm. hung out with a friend, but they don't want to <laughs> so go true. through one through nine. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like it's almost like going on first date. Yeah. And it's like gearing yourself up 
I mean, at the end of a long work day or day with your kids or combination of the two, very few people are like, yeah, sign me up. I want to go out and do this fill in the blank thing and get to know this person Mm -hmm. that I don't know. Like it's a lot of work to get to know someone and not every person who you hang out with is going to be a fit even. So it can feel kind of like thankless work because you don't know if you're going to hit it off or not. Yeah. And sometimes when you're partnered and when you have kids and you have these other social commitments and obligations, it can feel like, oh, well, no, it's okay. I'll just, I'll just be tired. It's just easier. Yeah. It's just easier to stay home and not deal with that. I love when you said jumping from like, um, you want to go to like number 10, like when it's like, we know each other so well, it's easy. And I wonder if some of that, and I'm seeing this in my own life is like, we kind of lost our capacity in somewhat of a good way for like bullshit during the pandemic. Like we were like, let's just deal with the real stuff. Like that's all I can handle right now. And so what, what, but also it's such a natural part of building a relationship is like slowly pacing and getting to know each other. And that just feels more challenging. And of course we have to talk about the mental load of it all, but yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I also think that, um, trying to think of a gentle way to say this. I think that- you don't have to be gentle. Okay. <laughs> I love Kylie. She's I- like, let me say this in the most therapist-esque gentle way. And I, people who listen on here know I, I swear, I try, I try to limit it, but I do. So go ahead. Okay. Speak freely. Uh, I will speak freely. I think there's a lot of beauty that came and a lot of lessons learned out of the pandemic and out of the last couple of years about being more sensitive to one another and being mindful of the diversity of the room and the diversity of experience. Mm-hmm. But I also, think that that has made people a little bit scared to interact with one another in the way that you're just describing Mm -hmm. of like I almost feel like I need to have gloves on in some way when Mm -hmm. I get to know someone to know if I can uh, be myself like I don't want to I'm tiptoeing around almost I'm walking on eggshells by default because I don't know what might hurt you or offend you and we don't have the emotional equity to get past some sort of rupture in our relationship. Wow. I'm so glad you said that. I don't think I could have put that into words the way you did, but what I'm hearing you say and what like is really resonating is that like, because there was so much conflict in the last, what, five years of our life, just globally. Right. And, and so much coming up pandemic and, you know, um, racial inequity and sex and all these big conversations Uh, that we're like afraid to get close to people out of fear of like offending them or out of fear of speaking um, something that like saying something by accident that we don't actually mean. Right. Um, So that's a barrier to connection. Now, I think there's some good with that is like, we're trying to be more careful. Right. And I know you agree. It's like, let's be more careful about the way we talk about things and think about things and let's be more inclusive in our conversations. And also it can make us feel really like cautious and hesitant and scared. Um, Yeah. I think people feel that way around me, to be honest. (laughs) I think it comes with a therapist label. (laughs) Like sometimes like I feel like I can see people editing themselves and then you hear me on here like, oh, she doesn't edit herself. So, um, but I, I, I want us to learn, I guess this not to get too off track, but to like learn how to hold the both ands better. And and you and I have talked about that. Like, how can we both say, how can we say it's okay within friendship when you're getting to know somebody to make some mistakes or to not know what to say or to, you know, have to ask questions. Um, and it's also okay to like stay with it when it gets hard. Do you know what I mean? Am I saying that right? Yeah. I think 
you don't know how someone interacts or kind of where they're coming from until you learn it. So mm -hmm. I think some like relational conflict is normal. Yeah. And should be expected. And like one of the greatest joys for me, and we can talk about this more, but yeah. we moved from um, like the South Bay area for people who aren't as familiar up here up to Sonoma County year and a half, almost two years ago now. And one of the greatest joys in that move, even though it was really hard, we left really strong friendships where we were, mm -hmm. was getting to know people who are completely different yeah. than me. Like I have say had, more about that. Yeah, I want to I want to know more about that. I feel like I've had to because there was no security blanket. Like we moved somewhere for my partner's job mm -hmm. that we knew like absolutely no one. Mm -hmm. And so when I, you were in the South Bay, yeah. So when we moved from the South Bay okay. to here, okay. it was like he got a job offer. I was finishing up grad school and we just, we made the decision to move right. and we didn't really know anyone here mm -hmm. and we really um, underappreciated what a yeah. challenge that would be. Yeah, We didn't live near family um, when we were in the South Bay, but we had a lot of close friendships and a robust social circle. Which makes you almost closer, right, to those friendships from, from what I understand is like, we've always lived around family. And so we kind of, we have both, but I feel like in some ways when, when you don't have family nearby, you, you, your friends become like family. Oh, yeah. 100%. And they were like our pandemic pod. We, we yeah. just had a really close relationship with them, but then we had to start over and we had to kind of put ourselves out there again and again and again. And what I realized was that a lot of my friends, I love the friends that I had in San Jose, but a lot of them were really similar to me. Mm -hmm. And we, we got along and we had had these long friendships because we had so much in common. Did you meet in grad school, some of them? A lot of them I met through our church community uh -huh. in the South Bay. Right. Um, and So you have like these shared values and yeah. Yeah. And also at work, like people who I had a history with, just mm -hmm. like years of equity of being together either in grad school a little bit, but more so. I have a handful of friends from grad school, but more so I went to grad school part-time and worked. So a yeah. lot of friends from work. Kylie was in tech. She had lots of really cool jobs. I'll just throw that out there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing this. There's lots of different like ways that you were connected to people. Yeah. yeah. And then when we moved up here, I was kind of like, all right, well, I got to make some friends. Let's throw out a bunch of lines and see yeah. what sticks. And my husband used to make fun of me that I'd come back from the park with my kids and I'd be like, okay, so I hit on a mom at a park. Yeah, it's so awkward. It <laughs> really is. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I got her number and I think we have this in common and she seemed really nice. Yeah. And she's, I noticed this about her or uh, we chatted and we had this in common. And from that process of kind of putting myself out there again and again, the friends that I've made now, I really adore. And also we're really different than one another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like we didn't have the shared experience of work or of our church community. We don't have years of background together yeah. and we have really eclectic experiences. Mm -hmm. I have friends who are 25 and I have friends who are in their forties. Yeah. And like me. <laughs> friends slash bosses yeah yeah I have friends um, who have three or four kids I have friends who are one and done yeah and there's this like variety that has been really beautiful and yeah. also challenging in different ways yeah that's so that's so true so just even your own personal experience of the last couple of years um speaks to this like this topic of female friendship so well and I think something you do a really good great job of and this is actually how you and I met and how I ended up hiring you is you reached out to me, I think, when you were moving to the area or shortly thereafter um, to just have coffee. And to be honest, I was hesitant because I'm like, <laughs> she's laughing because like, like who in the hell has time <laughs> for coffee? Right. Like that's how that was where I was in life. Um, and 
you know, I did it because I was interested because you were a therapist and I, I just could right away see like, oh, there might be some cool connection here. So we went and had coffee and we did hit it off, but it does feel like a first date in this really weird, awkward way. Um, but you did that. You reached out and put yourself out of your comfort zone. And, you know, from that, obviously we've developed a friendship and a working relationship. How do we, and, and you know, how do we, how can we talk to women about that now? Like, how does this apply to them in their own life? Like what, I don't want to jump right to the solution because I think there's so much more to this conversation, but maybe we kind of like sprinkle in some stuff right here where it's like, let's try to think about it this way. And yeah. So I think part of this conversation and maybe like the zoom out that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is I think a lot of women have lost, especially in the stage that we're talking about, either like young kids or elementary school age kids, a lot of women have lost their connection with things that they love to do. Yeah. Hello. Yes, that's so real. And so they don't even necessarily have a place to start. Yeah. Of like, oh, I can go play this sport because mm-hmm. I know that I love that and maybe I'll meet people who have a similar um, a similar passion mm-hmm. or I love to do this thing. Like a lot of women are kind of tapped out between work and their kids. And it can be hard to know where to meet people when you don't even know where you would go if you made the two hours. Yeah, that's so true. Like, what are you just going to go to a coffee shop and wait for a mom to show up? Like, no, that's a terrible, I mean, you could do that, but like, that's awkward. So I'm yeah. hearing you too, cause you're, this is bringing up the conversation of who are we now? What are we into? And this is something that a lot of women haven't even given themselves the space as you and I know to like have that to have that conversation with themselves or to rediscover what that what it is they're interested in now where they would go sort of speak you know is it is it a tennis court is it um through a professional group is it a church group like where do we even go so you're you're gonna say I mean like I've jumped in and interrupted you thank you ADHD um but what I'm hearing you say is like it starts with that thought process of who am I? What am I into? Where could I potentially meet the like ideal mom friend? Yeah. I mean, think about it like a partner. Mm -hmm. Think about it as like, what would be, if I have two hours, that is a lot for me to carve out in this season of my life. Like two hours is costing me two hours with my kids. It's costing me two hours of potential work. Like if I'm going to make two hours possible, what would be fun independent of if I make a friend there? Mm -hmm. And then we can tie in trying to get connected to people, make a friend and ask for a number or. Um, or invite an old, I'm, I guess I'm assuming it's, it could not be making a friend. It could be bringing friends back into connection with each mm-hmm. other, right? Because we've been so disconnected. So it's like, hey, maybe I do call that person and say, hey, do you want to meet me here? And let's do this thing together. Whereas normally we'd make up some excuse as like why we're too busy or whatever. We'd wait for that weekend we have planned in two months from now. Yeah. It's really, I think, like coming back to the question of what sounds fun to you. Mm -hmm. Like maybe podcasting sounds fun to you. So you invite someone who you want to get to know more into the podcast. Maybe playing tennis sounds fun to you. So you invite someone or a couple people to play doubles. Like I know the example we talked about the other day, like I love to read. So I'm hosting a book club in October and it's like, Hey, I want to read fall themed books because that's just the vibe I'm going. We're going for, for like pumpkin spice latte. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I, I want something cozy. I want some romance. It's a romance novel. <laughs> We're making cocktails. Yeah. Like it's gonna be this excellent evening. And then it's like, okay, who do I know who reads? 
yeah who might have this in common mm -hmm. i i had thrown out this idea and a friend of mine who's just amazing at gathering people followed up with me and was like hey i, I want to make sure we do this and that's such like, a gift too like the friend the person who's who can really host an event or like gather people in a thoughtful way yeah and and i think people we've have, lost touch with that too 100 people have different skill sets mm -hmm. um like I am really good at throwing out the invitation. Yeah. I have zero qualms about being like, hey, come to my house. Like I've yes. met you once. Yeah. Why don't we to hang out? Yeah. That's not everyone. And so I would tap into like what feels natural to you and what mm -hmm. feels good to you. Like maybe it's hanging out one on one. Maybe maybe you want to invite someone to do something with their kids for the first time if you know that they're a parent because mm -hmm. it feels a little more comfortable for you like, right there's like a buffer yeah like maybe it's honest. a little less yeah. <laughs> and, and then you're like oh timmy's having a meltdown gotta yeah go. gotta run yeah yeah uh but i think like going to places that you will enjoy and creating experiences like i will enjoy reading a smutty fall themed romance novel me and too yes regardless of how the conversation goes mm -hmm. and like if i walk away with a new best friend like it's a fun opportunity to connect yeah and so if there's moments like that that feel like oh i really wanted to do apple picking this fall or i really wanted to host a friend's giving mm -hmm. um those are just opportunities for you. It's like a can't lose situation. Yeah. You know, and this has me thinking about just how we, I shouldn't say we like we're all the same, but so many of us have been so focused on because, because of the mental load of, of parenting and, and adulting and especially, you know, in a global pandemic and post um, we've been so focused on what we need to do and have to do and like what's right in front of us that I think we've really also just lost some of that desire, mm -hmm. at least I have, and I'm working on getting that back, that desire for friendship and connection, not the need, the need is there, but the desire to do what it takes to get it. And it's a little bit like some other things, a little bit like sex, right? Like I'm just going to say like the, the, like the less you get out of the habit of engaging in like intimate behavior, the less you feel like you need it or want it. And this is a never, another, it is intimacy, right? Friendship is intimacy. So I think if we can build these habits around some of these things we're talking about, like thinking, what is it that I like to do? What's fun? What will I get something out of? Even if I don't, you know, deepen a friendship or gain a friend through this. And then from there is like, you know, um, how can I make sure that I make time and space for it? How do you make time and space for it? Kylie, I think that's a good question because I know you're a mom to three like me and your kids are even younger. Yeah. So how are you, and, and then I'll share a little bit about how I'm trying to think about this, but how are you trying to make time for, for friendship and life right now? It's always evolving is the most honest answer that yeah. I have. My youngest is about to turn one. So the first six months of the last year, I probably would have given a very different answer than I'll give now. I think during that six months, it was like inviting people to come over to my house and do very simple things mm -hmm. that were like we were ordering takeout and we were at my house so that if everything fell apart, we were at my house. Yeah. You could put the kids to bed, whatever. Yeah. 100%. And it was like, hey, bring your kids over for this time to this time. I would always give an end time in, in that Smart. Uh, so that was what worked then. And then I think coming into this summer, I realized that I needed more time away from my children and I needed more one-on-one -on -one time with friends in order for those friendships to grow. And so I've made a point, actually had a conversation with my partner and said, hey, after, like our kids are usually asleep after um, our baby started sleeping, our kids are usually asleep by 7.30. Mm -hmm. What would it look like for each of us to have a permission slip 
like a couple days a week to go do whatever we want during that time mm-hmm. after bedtime. Like mm-hmm. instead of us both sitting here chatting or vegging or me reading, like instead of using that time in the way that we're currently using it, what would it look like to repurpose that time? Yeah, that's beautiful. That takes a level of a level of intimacy and trust there, which, you know, I think that's a whole other topic, but I, but just broaching that subject, so many women feel like they don't deserve that or like, it's just a touchy topic. So I think just starting with the, the, you said permission to be able to bring this conversation to the table, because it's not like you're saying, I don't want to spend time with you partner. You're saying, Hey, we get to spend every evening together. Let's break that up a little bit and invest in ourselves. I also just think, and this, this might just be me and my husband, um, but I think that there's something really beautiful about having different relationships to bring into the room and having different stories to bring in together. Like we kind of hit a point after each postpartum season with our kids where we're just around each other a lot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we love each other, but like our spark is brighter when we are out in the world and interacting with other I people. I don't think that's just you. I think that's just a fact. And I think it's so good that you're bringing it up though. Cause a lot of people don't think about that, right? They get stuck in their, their groove or their rut or whatever we want to call it. But when we have richer experiences out in the world, and are more connected, then we have more to bring home, right? And 100%. I think that's so, so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to answer your earlier question of um, how am I doing it logistically, I would say, like, first and foremost, we take that time in the evening. And is he taking it too? This is he the question is. I want to ask. He Good. Got a mandate last Good. Day. That's hard. So I'm I'm trying to get my husband to like do more of that stuff, but with his schedule, it's a little trickier yeah. for him to give himself permission to do that because he's away for yeah. you know multiple nights at a time. But the thing is, is he needs it just as much as I do. So yeah. I'm so glad to hear he's doing it. Yeah. And and I think it's um, I think you have to take into account the personalities in the room because like I would be happy hanging out with friends three nights a week mm-hmm. and my husband is doing really great if he goes like twice a month out with friends. Yeah because, I'm like your husband. Yeah like that's the <laughs> I'm tapped out. Yeah. I think of it as like a bucket like mm-hmm. my bucket is full by doing eight things a month with friends and yeah. his bucket is full by doing two and that's okay mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he doesn't he can use that extra time to go to the gym or he can use that extra time to do things that are fueling to him. Mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be we're both doing the same thing at the same pace. Yeah. And they don't all have to be mutual friends. No. And I think that's another thing I think we have to talk about too is like to have you, you spoke to this, but to having your own friendships, your own relationships, it's so important, not only to your, just to your own well-being, but to the wellness of the relationship, the couple, right? So I think coming back to like, not to make it all about the couple, but I think this is so interesting how you navigate the time for this as busy working, you know, two working parents with kids. Um, And I think this is an area, like just being fully honest here that my husband and I could get better at. We get, I think because we have less time together in the evenings, I, I think we both get kind of like, and, and because genuinely we like being around each other, we end up like, choosing each other before anyone else. And I think in some ways that's really great. In some ways that's also really limiting. Like I said, I'd like to see him do more socially. I'd like to do a little bit more socially, but just enough, not too much. Um, and And I'm thinking about that in this season of kind of like having that conversation similar to what you had with your husband, where him and I can look at our schedule, which we're not great at for multiple reasons, like a month ahead and say, what evenings do we have free or where is there a time period? So remember my husband being a firefighter means he works shifts. So where is there a time period where you have four days off in a row where it makes sense or three days off in a row where it makes sense that 
that I can get some time and you can get some time. Yeah, I think I think scheduling a month out if you can do it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And also it might be necessitated by certain jobs that yeah. you're describing. I also think something that's worked for us is like we have certain nights a week that I'm I, I'm the social one. If you haven't yeah. gotten that vibe yes. between yeah. me and my partner. There's two nights a week where I can invite people over and no questions asked. <laughs> did he make this rule or did you? I actually get, made yeah. the rule. So it, it was a source of conflict. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to take too much time. I can go no. the whole backstory. But this is, has to do with like with how, because we can only form relationships so much as we have the space to, right? Yeah. So the conflict was in you wanting more people over more often than he did. Yeah, I think we got to a point in the spring where I was feeling really disconnected from this place. And mm-hmm. part of what I identified, there were a couple different um, factors playing into that. But one of the things that I realized, I went on a trip to visit a friend who had moved around the same time as us. It was friends from South Bay. I visited she and her husband in Texas. And it was just me and their kids and their family. And what a unique experience to get to like join yeah. your friends in this season. Without your kids. Without your kids, yeah. but with their kids and just see how another family operates. Mm-hmm. And I really walked away from that weekend thinking like they, no one's doing this better or worse, but there are some things that they do in their family that I admire. Oh, that's and a good one, way to look at it. Like, I just really respect the way that they're inviting people into their home. And mm. we used to do that so often in our previous pre-kid life. Yeah. And we've just gotten out of the habit of it. Mm. And part of it is that my husband has some social anxiety and mm. he doesn't like it to be sprung upon him. Like, oh yeah, we're having these people over this day. Right. He wants to have it more planned and thought out. Okay. He just wants to know to anticipate it and like save some energy for that sure. thing. And so that was a solution that worked for us of like, hey, I can't just have random people at our house every night when he comes home. That mm. would be really um, defeating to him in mm. a lot of ways. That would be like an energy suck. But if there's these two nights a week where I have the freedom to put whatever I want on the calendar, like maybe we're going on a double date and I find a sitter for the kids. Maybe we're inviting a family over for dinner and we're hanging out together for two hours before Mm -hmm. we do the whole bedtime routine. Uh, That has been a great solution for us because it doesn't make me feel like I'm pushing him beyond his capabilities. Yes. It's like he knows that that's what we've pre-negotiated. It doesn't have to be a conflict Yeah. every time we bring it up. It's yeah. like, no, this is what we agreed to, and it's actually worked out really beautifully. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. And I think for couples that are there, – there's, like, so many different variations of this, too, where there's, like, you're both super social, and then you end up both feeling burned out, and you're like, oh, we need to set some boundaries here, right? So I think what I'm hearing is so cool, and we'll have another podcast conversation about this because I definitely want to have you back on more often, I'm trying to talk her into being my – co-host no big deal (laughs) um is around boundaries boundaries in relationships and friendships i can already tell this is something you're really good at i know we have some training in it (laughs) as therapists but it's something that i think is really interesting so the whole reason though that we wanted to have this conversation well partly because of what we're experiencing in our own life but also what we're hearing in the therapy room and because we know that it's so important to have healthy relationships and friendship. And if we learned anything from the pandemic and from the loss of that in real life connection is how powerful that actually is. So like, I think I'm talking to another friend about um, how we can start hosting some more um, in real life events that actually bring women together, bring people together in a way that feels um, like a little bit deeper, like not just like, oh, let's go have a glass of wine. I mean, that's fine. Right. But like, 
let's go to this, I don't know, this event. Like we want to do more thoughtful gathering, I guess is, is the point. Do you feel that too? Is it, is there this, like, is there this, uh, kind of pull to do things that if I'm going to take my time to go do this, it has to be more intimate and more thoughtful, or do you think that that's just something that I'm feeling? <laughs> I don't think that it's something that it's just, a me problem. I, it's I not do a not me think problem. It, I think maybe okay. both, both and yeah, yeah, both <laughs> I think and. It's maybe an us problem, yeah, and uh, yeah, everyone problem. I think absolutely. I think people are really protective of their time mm. in a way that maybe they weren't. Like we have this whole slow down and then pick back up. And I think people realize that there's like an alternative way to live that's yeah. slower. And maybe there's some benefits to the slow and also maybe there's some costs. And I think a lot of that was social. Yeah. Uh, that's so, a good way protect where we are more protective over time. And that's kind of what I, that, I think that's what I'm speaking to. Yeah. yeah. And I think if you can marry like depth and fun, mm-hmm. because I think those are things that people are just missing. Like yeah. They're missing depth and friendship and they're missing, I mean, this is me totally projecting, but also coming up in the therapy room, like we want to be having fun. Yeah. And I think a lot of us and forgot what fun How to be silly like. or, yeah. So I, I'm saying I want depth and connection, but I also too, like I do think I want to feel free to, to be silly and goofy and fun. Now, listen, I think so many of us have lost touch with that, even what that even looks like or sounds like because of the roles we've played, because of become, you know, many of us are moms and many of us have, you know, struggled with the, what that looks like in adulthood. So, like, I think that's a whole nother thing. But yes, like the desire to have both. Yeah, it's so it, it's complicated, I think. But maybe the point is, is we're overcomplicating it a bit. And we just do like what Kylie's saying, which is like we just start putting invitations out there as long as the thing that we're like inviting people to or inviting ourselves into line up with our values. Yeah, I think getting some things on the calendar. One of the things that I think is really important when it comes to planning out events and trying to make new connections and new friendships that can be so challenging as a parent or as a mom is this idea that like you don't always have control over your schedule. Like you can set up things that you're really excited about and then a kid gets sick yeah, or your nanny's out or daycare shuts down or who knows what else. But that is such a real dynamic. And I think you have to give yourself a little bit of grace and give the people around you a little bit of grace. I was sharing earlier that I went on a hike this morning and I invited a friend of mine and she had to bail last minute, which is so relatable. Uh, but when you can committing to actually showing up, showing up yeah. so that when it's, we were just talking about how sometimes you can end your day and feel really low energy and just think to yourself, like, you know what? I don't have the energy. I'm not going to go. And what I would encourage you to do is to hear that and say, you know, I really don't have the energy. How might I feel in two hours? Yeah. Like if I go or if I don't go, how might I feel? Right. Like it's not like you almost always, almost always, especially if we're trying to be around people that give us energy, don't suck from our energy, which we can usually figure out real quick. We almost always feel better after leaving a social interaction, especially the one-on-ones for me. That might just be me, but I feel like, oh, why don't I do that more? Not like, oh, I'm so annoyed I did that. It's more like you need to do that more. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I felt this way. I went to trivia a couple nights ago with some friends. Oh, I love it. Look at all the fun things she's doing. I want to go to trivia. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Be great. I, so I joined. I should call this out. I have a 
friend who started an adventure of the month club is what she's calling it. Wow. This is like unicorn space stuff. Well, this is, I'm going to bring in Eve Rodsky to talk about, she's going to be so excited. Kylie is like doing all the, like, how do we find adventure and fun? And it's so important. Yeah. It's the whole idea is like, we just save a spot. We've done it twice. So I say it like we are these sage experts, but what we're doing based off of her idea is that she gathered some of her friends who she had met through neighborhood and school. And I was in a book club with her and mm-hmm. she said like, Hey, I think you guys would get along. Here's the idea. Let's try it for a couple months and see how it goes. And it's the second Tuesday night of every month. Second Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. And you, we just take turns picking what we want to do. So like one month it's watercolor. This month was trivia. We're going to do like a Christmas craft. We're going to do the one that I'm hosting. I want to do um, like, I'm going to pick a blog, a food blog and yeah. everybody picks a recipe to bring. Ooh, fun. So it doesn't even have to be like out of your house. It doesn't have to be expensive. We want to do a pottery night. Yeah. But just like trying different things. Don't you think, and I think this speaks to some, there was a book that I'm going to butcher the name of, but it was like the art of gathering. Is that some right? So I listened to a podcast. Okay. I haven't read the book, but it sounds like something I'd read. But what she said, which was so fast, which was like, oh, that makes sense, is people want to have a purpose when they go to a get together. So this is something for us all to think about. Like sometimes, especially if it's a newer friendship, like you're speaking to where you're like, um, yeah, just come on over. It's fine. Like that's fine too. But it is nice to have, well, I'm going to bring my recipe or I'm going to, we're going to go climbing or we're going to, I don't know. I just said climbing because I actually just while you were saying that, like, I really want to go to one of those climbing gym places and like, I'm going to suck at it, but I really want to give it a try. So it's like, there's a purpose to the get together. It doesn't have to be huge, but something that everyone feels like there's like a commonality, right? Yeah, 100%. And okay. So before we wrap up and give everyone kind of some takeaways um, or recap the tools that Kylie shared, because I made her the expert today, apparently, because I'm not doing so great in this area. Not to say I don't have some wonderful friendships. I really do. And I am grateful. I have a lot of um, longstanding relationships and friendships because I did grow up in this area. And I'm not always the best at staying in touch and showing up. Um, and that's that's something that I have shame around. And I think a lot of that has to do with talk about, you know, adulting and motherhood and getting the ADHD diagnosis, really not getting the diagnosis. That was the easy part. But, but dealing with the, like, I get and just like the intensity of my career, I get tapped out where I just like kind of shut off to people. And that's not something I ever really dealt with until I was in my mid thirties and in motherhood. So that's something I'm working through right now, which is, we can say more about that another time, but I think that's why I really wanted to like kind of hear how, how is Kylie doing it? Because, and not to say it's perfect, nothing's perfect, but I love hearing your takeaways and and your advice on this. So. I think um, something really yeah go ahead yeah sorry I know we're at time no but I I think that there's something very okay with knowing your season mm. and knowing like for me when we first moved here and when I had my youngest it wasn't the season for making a million friends and yeah. it wasn't the season like I wasn't craving what I'm craving now so I wasn't making space for it in yeah. the way that I am now and so even as you shared that I was like oh you can, you can almost hear like, oh, I, I don't feel like I'm doing this good enough or I did this good enough then. And I would just reframe that as like, I think you did what you needed then and now you need something different. Yeah. And so yeah. you're seeking out doing something different. Yep. And yeah. How beautiful is that? Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I'm like tearing up as you're saying that because I'm like, oh my gosh, that, like right away, I feel like my shoulders just kind of like <sighs> relax a little bit because it is hard. It's so hard because these 
people are so important to me yet I feel like I don't always make time and space but I also know I put a lot of pressure on myself because <clears throat> when I think about it and this is not like this is not like a cut on anyone else like oftentimes I'm like oh I never text I never reach out and I'm like but they're not doing that either right like why is that pressure so heavy on me when I think we're all like at least a lot of my friends are in this season of it still feels like a lot so we're all just doing the best we can and that's you know, that's the best we can do. So, okay. So let's recap first, just a quick second. Some of the takeaways I heard that you shared were uh, like being intentional about making time and space for, to go do something that feels, what you say, like fun to you or interesting to you? Something yeah. that's like, how many times do we see something on Instagram and think, oh, I really want to do that? Or like the hike I did this morning, I read about in a book. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this isn't that far from me. I could do it. And oh, and by not... the way, she went by herself and did it, which I'm so glad. Like her friend bailed. You didn't that. finish that story. Don't but say you that. And people will like think a serial killer is going to come. <laughs> no, <back. laughs> no. You, like I, I think that's so cool that you went and did it anyways. And that's something I, I mean, I love like being by myself, but it is scary on a hike. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, can be. This can, can be. be for the 10th time, yeah. this could be a conversation for another day. Yeah. Maybe that's our yeah. time. But I, I realized how many like internalized messages I had about doing things alone oh, sure. in the wilderness as a woman. And I was oh, like, my. this is totally Every safe. scary movie like starts that way. And every like, yeah, yeah. There's legitimacy to this. Yes. Yeah. But it was, it was a great hike. But Good. going back to your comment of like finding things that you want to do that are interesting to you, carving out regular spaces. We didn't get to this point, but something that I've learned a couple times now in my life is just the importance of showing up consistently somewhere and mm. how if if setting new goals or new places or new invitations every couple of weeks feels like too much for you, just setting like a once a month book club or a once a week gathering for whatever random thing or meeting the moms in the neighborhood at the park after school yeah. on Wednesdays, that can be such a nice way to just set it and forget it. Yeah. And I think that is what comes from, because you were talking about church and community. And I think you, remember, you and I had this conversation offline or off the podcast, but while I'm not a particularly religious person, I'm a very spiritual person. I grew up in the Catholic church and definitely identify now with being more spiritual, but there is something to that church. It could be any church, type of church, a meetup that you do weekly and it creates community and facilitates community. And we don't, we've lost touch with that in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So what you're saying is if we can kind of create that in a different way, it's, it is really important. Yeah, and I think it could be a yoga class you go to every week, you know, it's somewhere where people know you. Yeah. And where people recognize you. And even if they don't know everything about you, it's like a place to that people notice when where you're everybody gone. knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> but like a place where people notice where like if you don't show up for a week. And we've talked about that. Like my story with the church is long and nuanced. Yeah. But... Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One more. Uh, but there was such, like for all of the things that the church has just done horribly over the yeah. last decade and i mean far beyond that but yeah. particularly the last decade there is so much value in that habit of meeting and gathering and that was one of the things that the church of the last few decades has done so beautifully that i yeah. think we're lacking now and as people embark on their own spiritual paths and take different directions whatever form that is i think we haven't found ways of gathering yeah that have 
scratched that same itch or fulfilled that same need. I think you're right. I think that's what we're all looking for. And that's why, you know, you and I are having this conversation. That's why my friend um, who I'm talking with, and she she has a company called Superkin, um, her and I are talking about how to create these events that allow this community and connection in a meaningful way. It's everywhere, right? Um, corporations are talking about how to do it in their ERG groups. Like, this is big um, because, hello, like we are in a loneliness, what is it, a loneliness epidemic? And that is like the number one predictor of, I don't know, shortened lifespan, uh, depression, like all these things, anxiety. Yeah. 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 So, so much more to come on this, but I think Kylie, um, thank you. I just want to say thank you truly for, for really having this conversation with me. And, and I didn't come into it thinking like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, have Kylie, like, I'm going to gain all this insight from you, but I did. I gained so, no, I really did. I thought we, I I really thought we were going to speak more to like the clinical experiences and, and yet we really went deep and I always loved it. I think, it's safer for us as therapists and in our field to be like, we're going to talk about this in a clinical way instead of let's just get real and have this conversation and we're humans first. Right. So thank you for being willing to do this with me. And it was so much, so much fun. And we'll definitely do it again. Of course. Anytime. All right. Cheers, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of A Little Less of a Hot Mess. I just wanted to share a couple quick ways you can support the work I do. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can also head to Amazon or head to my website to check out my latest book, A Little Less of a Hot Mess, The Modern Mom's Guide to Growth and Evolution. Leave a review, purchase if you haven't already. And if you're looking for therapy services or for yourself or a loved one, head to my group private practice website, which is bayareamoderntherapy.com. Have a beautiful week.